Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Here with me is Jay Jones. And Morning, George. This is a rainy Monday morning for us. Oh yeah, super rainy. My uh, from now on, when you refer to me, uh-huh. my radio name will be Harry Hones. No, no. Oh, okay. Jay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jay Jones, the tribeless. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. The tribeless. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, I'm referencing that very strange mm-hmm. uh, interaction I had on Friday uh-huh. um, with the uh, super, super racism, yeah. super racist guy. Well, in case people weren't listening to the Free For All Friday, <laughs> which was just just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, for some reason, um, the Christ Center Church's conference um, Facebook page has been getting blown up by the sacred name oh, yeah. people um, who are uh, asking us if we, <laughs> if we worship Yeshua. Yeah, <laughs> or, or or white Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> and some, it's uh, I. <laughs> some are so, anti-trinitarian too. Like, well, the, that guy is. Yeah. So and, you, so Jay uh, Jay interacted with one guy on Thursday, and so we were able to do our our podcast talking about it a little bit. I, I'd encourage people to go back and listen to that. But I uh, I took uh, two of my two of my boys to see Black Adam on Friday, and while we were waiting for the movie to start, I just was flipping through <laughs> Facebook and looking <laughs> looking to see, uh, just trying to catch up on things. And Jay had this massive interaction with this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> because, uh, and it was funny because you would, you would just, you would just write just a little thing. Uh-huh. And this guy would, post video (laughs) video after video and long long oh yeah big time just weird weird stuff Uh uh-huh yeah he did um he was uh i don't know if he's a black hebrew israelite but he's definitely influenced by that and um so he was i I think black supremacist um so we were talking last night i was we were talking with i was talking with angie she'd be talking with the kids we had an opportunity arise uh to talk to them about you know white racism mm-hmm. there there are people today still like in southwest oklahoma that are legit racist right toward black people and so we're talking about it and i was like get a load of this <laughs> <laughs> this uh this guy man the strong racism mm-hmm. uh like vile hatred yeah of white people right yeah and so he was like uh uh it it was like western uh western european catholics he had a real strong hatred of mm. white people in general. And I was like, wait till he gets a load of where my people are from. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, so I told, I told him about, you know, my, uh, my ancestry, yeah, which is a super mixed bag. Like, who am I going to hate? Right. right. <laughs> he, he got a Nordic who, you know, raped and pillaged everybody on the planet, yeah. including the Western Catholics. Uh-huh. Then uh, because of that, I have uh, Western European, obviously. Um, and then after that, I have a small amount of African 
from the western point of Africa, which is where the slave trade came from. So uh, we know how that happened. So I, so I told him, I was like, so some somewhere, somewhere, like my ancestors sold my other ancestors to these terrible people right. who were raped and pillaged by these worse people, and then they came to Oklahoma and apparently uh, intermarried with Native American people. Who am I supposed to hate? Right. Like, everybody? Should I hate the whole world? Should I hate myself? You know, and he uh, he said, uh, <laughs> "I can't believe that you spent so much time interacting with this guy." Well, I had time that's to what, kill. That's what <laughs> I had some time to kill. That's what really blew me away. I was waiting for the printer guy to show up. I was mm. done. I finished my sermon. I was like, "Well, I got I got like an hour to kill here." Yeah. Why not? So I jumped in. Some and, people read books, and Jay yeah. interacts with uh, wackos on. What's amazing? What's amazing is that he uh, he kept interacting because I started the conversation. He did the way I started started it. <laughs> I just said, "Hello, Antichrist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I listed the verses to why he's Antichrist because mm-hmm. um, he denies the Trinity, denies the Son. Yeah, <clears throat> but he kept going. At one point, I asked him if he was demon possessed. He didn't answer that question. <laughs> um, but he kept on with his vile hatred. Yeah, and um, I I, sh- I put the text because he claims to believe, like I guess that Jesus. Or he would probably wouldn't call him that because Jay didn't invent, or it was invented by you know mm. evil white people, right? But he would believe that Yeshua died for people's sins to be saved somehow. Really weird. So I put the verses from Revelation uh, that he died for people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation. Mm. And he said, and he said, uh, white people don't have a tribe. <laughs> so that's why I'm now referred to as. Yeah, you learn something new every day, I guess. Yeah. Because they're just like an offshoot, a curse of other people. They're tribalists. So mm. my radio name shall now be J. Jones the Tribalist. Okay. Very nice. Did you uh, did you read the, the other one? The, la- the lady that contacted us last <laughs> night? Dude. So I, I don't... That I, lady, I, I haven't... Uh, I, uh, I, I've never tried this before. I don't know if this connects to my phone, Larry. I don't know if it... No. Okay. Well, let me, uh, we, we, I wasn't planning on reading this, but it's really funny. <laughs> and since we're talking about it, right. I guess we can, uh, let me just read this. Uh, let me just read this and then we can go on to the, the passage before us. Um, and I, I don't know why these people are compelled to, uh, to message our conference <laughs> on the Trinity with just random things that have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. anything on the on the conference page this is from danielle <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to read it like she like she wrote revelation 22 the earth has a cycle much like a woman smiley face <laughs> <laughs> if you draw this out with the cycle going up going down etc then the throne in the clouds dot 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 it will look like a lollipop tree that a small child would draw or a uterus Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the blood of life is the spirit of God that comes down to us. Dot, dot, dot. Much like rain, which also gives life. Smiley face. He gives us things we can see so we can understand things we can't see. There is a blood of pain, the human blood that spills on the ground. Dot, dot, dot. Blood emoji. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point 
There is the blood of life that comes from the Father in heaven. This is the spiritual blood. (laughs) (laughs) Slash spirit that raises the dead. Water emoji. To believe means to assume. We have to believe, dot, 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 in order to know. We are all loved and saved no matter. By following commandments, we can bring God's peace and joy to us. But the Ten Commandments and the greatest is to love should be used together with balance, like using the head and the heart, dot, dot, dot. We set the environment in order to bring peace in our lives. Sometimes when little kids are doing things that will hurt themselves, we have to be firm or scary with them in order to get them to listen. It's the same thing with God. He doesn't want to be scary. And he wants us to follow rules, not in order to save us from being damned so much, but to bring peace in our lives, to get rid of fear. There is no fear in love, and absolutely true agape love is not found in fear. It is found in peace and in the still, in the quiet, in the boring. (laughs) That is why we follow the commandments. (laughs) To believe is to assume. It's really not that serious. To tell someone they have to believe or they will go to hell is a threat, and that's not love. Also, in Genesis 3.15, a thought is a seed. (laughs) Rainbow emoji, water emoji, cloud emoji, uh, peace sign emoji, heart emoji, tree emoji, and I'm not sure what this smiley face emoji is. God can be scary, and some people definitely need to understand how scary and big God is, but he will deal with them. The Holy Ghost, she misspelled ghost, Holy Ghost does not play around, and God is not bound, not even to books or rules. He can do whatever the heck he wants if he needs to do it. Even break his own rules. Smiley emoji. <laughs> Most people, though, are good, oh, and they man. just need to know that they are so much very loved. Rainbow emoji. Bridge emoji. Rainbow emoji. There is a cross slash bridge. Rainbow emoji. Rainbow emoji. Bridge emoji. Bridge emoji. Not a wooden cross of death. No. A cross between heaven and earth that God the Father through Jesus has made a way for us so we can know God. It's very exciting to truly know, not just believe, that there really is a big God out there. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh... Did you understand any of that? <laughs> because I didn't. And I was sitting here looking at it. It's like you wonder, like, where did... Uh... Like, how do you get there? Like, how do you end up there? Like, like oh, there were, this is your thing. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Where you... Like Oprah, maybe maybe a heavy dose of Oprah, maybe. with a little a little Stephen Furtick, maybe a little Joyce <laughs> little Joyce Meyer. I don't know. Yeah, bizarre stuff. Maybe some. Yeah, I could see some crystal action going on too with this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That people have the, that's like a crystal cri- meth. Like the little cri- yeah, that maybe, <laughs> that very well maybe people use those crystals today. Right, that's like it's right. like a it's like a thing coming yeah, yeah. back today. Magic uh-huh. crystals. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a. There's probably some rock involved in this. <laughs> so if you legal want, or illegal, if you'd I like to start one, hello Antichrist. <laughs> I can enjoy your interaction today, yeah. George. Yeah. Huh? What do you think? I don't even know how I would start with that. I don't. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> uh, Hello, weirdo. Uh, yeah. When was the last time you've been to a doctor? <laughs> For real, man. Yeah. I, it's just it's weird to see the the people who are interacting with the the one guy the never page. wrote back. Oh yeah. This did he stop? The guy from the Institute of Metaphysical. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I am whatever. I right. Institute of Dynamic Metaphysical Research or whatever. 
He's too good for us. Well, I remember when I wrote him. I said you didn't even ask the question in good faith. Uh-huh. Right. Like you've you've been yeah. in this a long time. Uh huh. You lied. Yeah. And then I told him that stuff. Yeah, he didn't respond. So. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. We need a social media person who can just deal with all this stuff, <laughs> so we don't have to. <laughs> I get notifications sometimes like, oh, someone's, you know, asking a question about the conference. And then it's some weirdo <laughs> that's talking about how the lollipops Revelation 22 is a, a picture of a uterus. I don't know what's going on anymore, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, um, I don't even know how to transition into Ecclesiastes, but that's where we're going. Okay. It's text it is it text is driven. Text driven Tuesday. This is yeah. not a free for all Friday. In case you wondered. <clears throat> if you're still listening. Uh so we are uh, we're back in Ecclesiastes and uh we've got a bigger section, chapter five, verse eight through chapter six, verse nine. And this is all about money. Yeah. Jay, those uh, those preachers always preaching about money. Always preaching about money. I was trying to think. I think this might be the first sermon I've preached specifically about money. Mm. What do you think, Larry? Larry, you've been you've been around uh, for the whole time I've been here. <laughs> Larry can't even remember. He you don't remember? Larry's yeah. like, nah, you don't remember. I think it is though. Right. Yeah. I got to tell you, when I first came to uh, to Northwest, I preached through Malachi. Mm-hmm. So we have the passage about giving yeah <laughs> robbing god right then we went to first corinthians and uh there was there's a section in there um chapter nine and it's about paying the pastor basically right. mm-hmm. which is it's in there so you know it's it, you don't have the luxury of just skipping it but it's still a little awkward to be the the guy who's getting paid by the church preaching, preaching a about sermon it. about how you're supposed to pray, <laughs> pay the preacher right um and then um, we did a, a winter Bible study on Second Corinthians. We did like a, a three or four night thing where we we just went through Second Corinthians, and there's there's you know uh, chapters eight and nine, which is about giving. Mm-hmm. So I've <laughs> I've preached a lot about money <laughs> just in the just in like the first year year and a half of of being here in Lawton. Mm-hmm. I preached a lot on on giving, but yours wasn't on giving. It wasn't on giving. Yours was on. Uh, the opposite. The, op- the opposite. The yeah. opposite. Uh, being obsessed and mm. and worshiping money. Yep. Um, Dangers of money worship and yeah. greed. Well, money worship. Yeah. Um, an interesting transition mm-hmm. uh, because last week was about the the proper reverence yeah. we should give to God in mm-hmm. worshiping Him, and now there's a transition to worshiping <clears throat> right yeah um yeah it's like uh we get a pause in uh, you know ecclesiastes is examining life east of eden so that's the title that i gave it east of eden emptiness east of eden uh, so S- solomon has been making all of these observations and really the the question he asked at the beginning kind of flows through the book, which is, uh, what can a man gain for all his toil under the sun? Um, so what is gain in a fallen world? What can a man do that will complete him to bring him some type of satisfaction or real contentment? Is there anything? And so he 
you know, looks out under the sun and he makes all these observations. And of course, the answer is always no. It's all an empty striving after the wind. It's all vanity. But he repeatedly uh, makes these observations about the fallen world. Then we get that pause that we had last week where it's like the temple. Right. And then so it's like a brief, um, a brief little respite that we get. And we get to focus on God and worship. And then it's like all of a sudden he like, leaves the temple, and he goes back into the world, and we're back into uh, all of the darkness again. Mm. And he's observing all of the... And that's what that's how it'll continue. Um, he'll continue to make these observations, and then he gets into a section where he kind of makes proverbial statements. But uh, I don't, I'm not going to preach those one at a time. I think they serve a bigger theme um, that really is, I think, about God's sovereignty. But yeah, we had a pause... And it was a sailor. Yeah, yeah, it was a little pause, and then we're back right into it. And he now is looking at, in particular, money. He already told you before, money can't do it. Right now, he kind of elaborates on what happens if you try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is uh, this this is an important topic because, as you you showed in your intro, we're obsessed with money. Mm-hmm. What what's the, what's the percentage you said of people who just think about money all the time? Um, so it was forty two percent in a in a recent study, and this this year they said that um, they have anxiety, depression, or can't sleep at night, and have some type of uh, other mental problems mm. because they're because they're worried about money. So forty two percent, but then of those people, one in four think about money more than they think about anything in their life. Now, we've all been told what, you know, young men think right. about all the time. Right. Even that, they think about money more than that, mm. which is seems kind of crazy. Well, we've, we've just had money on the brain for the last several years. I mean, you had you had the COVID um, lockdowns, mm-hmm. so people are not working. Um, so there's a lack of money, and then the government sends out those those stimulus checks, right? Um, and so we, how many rounds of stimulus checks were there? Three, four? I don't remember. Um, so you're they're getting, printing money, they're yeah. Just, so and they're just printing it. You're getting money, and then there's there's the, there's the inflation. So um, things money? are costing more, and your money's not going as far, and it's people are worried about money. it, and and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's on everyone's mind. Cost of living is up. Uh huh. Yeah, like a ridiculous amount. We don't yeah. we don't eat out like that often. Uh huh. Um, we went to Whataburger. We got it yesterday. Fifty dollars. Yeah, I can believe that. Ridiculous. Yeah. And this is why we don't hardly ever go to Whataburger. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Nuts, man. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta Didn't go, used to be that. Got like, go Mickey D's about three years ago. Wasn't that much. <laughs> yeah. And never go to Five Guys. I never go there. Oh, <laughs> you, you'll pay. I went. I went to Five Guys with just me and Julia one time, and I was shocked by how how much we had to pay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it probably cost you forty bucks for two people. Mm. Yeah, price of food, price of everything's up. So yeah, people been thinking about money. It's but it's not a new thing, right? Because like COVID hit. Oh, everybody's thinking about money. People. This is like one of the main areas that people have a problem with right it, it's a it's just dominated the thoughts of people through all history mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you have your pantheons of gods and all the various cultures, they all have a god of money. Mm. You know, all of them. So. Yeah. And this, uh, I, I appreciate you saying it because I, I think that when we, we, um, we start thinking about obsession with money and money worship, we think, well, those are, that's, yeah, those are the, the rich people. Right. Like Julia, uh, was, she mentioned um, in our community group, what you think of as Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, you, you think of this, this miser. Mm-hmm. But this is, not, this is not a rich person problem. Right. Um, this is as much a problem for people who don't have money uh-huh. as for people that do have money. Right. Um, I know that I can struggle with this. Um, I mean, you have a family and you're, you see the rising prices and you wonder how are you going to get by and you can become obsessed with, with money. Yeah. Um, I'm going to want to go to this thing and talk about these. So when I was looking... Uh, I wanted to know, like, I know how Jesus just like frames it in a spiritual as a spiritual problem, Matthew six. Uh, but I want to know, okay, which we'll talk about. How does like how do you, how do regular like secular people think about? Because obviously, money can people thinking about it can cause all kinds of problems in their life. So I found this article in Psychology Today, written by a professor at Creighton University, PhD. Um, interesting because there's all these different money disorders. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people, we think about, oh, you know, there's these common behavior disorders. I'd never heard of money disorders, yeah. but there's a, there's several that are listed, different categories even. And, uh, the third category was called money worshiping. Mm. I just thought it was, for me, it was so interesting that they framed it like that. Right. Cause that's, that's how I, that's what I had written down early in the week. When I was looking at this text and what how Jesus talks about it, I wrote down money worship. Yeah, um, and they frame it as money worshiping. So they have a, a one for escapism, people who are compulsive spenders. It just helps them to escape reality, not to deal with their life. They get it's like they you know they're on vacation in their local town. They're just spending money. Then there's people that accumulate masses of wealth. They're like workaholics, but they do it because it gives them like a sense of purpose and status, stuff like that, you know? Then this one was interesting. There's hoarders, and it's related to actual hoarding, but instead of hoarding stuff in their house, you ever, like, seen a hoarder's house? Oh, yeah. They hoard money because they feel they feel like they're insecure. Mm. Like, they think, I don't have enough money to survive if mm. something bad happens or to retire. And so they just, they're, they never spend any, yeah. and they just accumulate it. Mm. They just stockpile money 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 worshiping yeah i thought it was just interesting mm. so i mean as we've always said before psychologists can make good observations right but they can't get to the heart problem right which is what jesus does mm-hmm. right so jesus frames it as um idolatry no one can serve two masters he will either hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money that's in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 24. Uh, so the way he frames it is there are two gods. There's one true living God, um, and he personifies money and wealth. The word is mammon. Um, mammon, some people have said it's a Syrian god of money. I couldn't find any evidence of it. If you've got it, I'd like to see it. Um, be interesting to read about it. But everything that I could see... It seems like after Jesus made this statement, 
and personified money as a god, like as an heart, a heart idol, mm-hmm. people started to write about it as a god. So, but that doesn't that doesn't change the fact, right? right? It doesn't matter. Maybe it, it was in the Syrian pantheon. Who knows? But that's how he frames it. it the, the money, money, when it takes over a person, it's a heart issue. Like mm-hmm. you're seeking to get out of something what only God can give you. And people do that not just with money; they can do it with many other things. But today in our text, we're dealing particularly with this, with this idol. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this is um, this is not a difficult concept to grasp um this this passage has some difficult um verses to it but the the overall ideas are are really easy to i think so for us to grasp mm-hmm. and I, I think that um probably for most of the people who are listening to us they already kind of understand um that it's sinful to to be greedy mm-hmm. right um so as we walk through it, I, I really want to focus on the solution. Okay, <laughs> you know, um, I, I think as we as we walk through it, the the problem is is very clear um, and easy for us to to really grasp. But um, we we want to really focus on the how do we uh, how do we get rid of this? Mm-hmm. How do we avoid this? How, how can we live uh, a godly life? So, um, th- so this uh, this this passage is a longer passage, but it also has an interesting structure to it. So, before you read it, I want to talk about the structure. So, as you're reading it, we can see it. Okay. Um, so this is uh, this is a chiasm. Mm-hmm. So, explain a little bit of about the chiastic structure, and then we'll read the passage. Okay. Yeah. So the there's more than one way to teach, so you can teach through the content of the words that are written. Mm-hmm. You can also teach by the structure of how it's laid out. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, as God inspired this through Solomon, that this this entire book is it's brilliant. I mean, it's just sheer brilliance mm-hmm. because it's not even just the uh, the structure of this text, which is a chiasm. But it's the general negative tone of like despair. It just oozes despair mm-hmm. until you get to like these right. ge- gems that just jump out of nowhere and they're focused on God. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the teaching t- style as well. Are you saying that this was maybe written by the wisest man who could have been written by the wisest man that ever lived? Yeah. Amazing, huh? Yep. So yeah, chiasm is it's a just a literary technique of structuring um parallel themes in a way that reveals the central point of the argument mm-hmm. or what you the author's really wanting you to get right so so a, a chiasm it comes from the greek letter chi mm-hmm. which is an x yeah and so it's it's these parallel ideas and mm-hmm. right in the center is is the main idea right so yeah i I handed this out at church. Do you want to show it? <clears throat> so you can see, if you're not watching, I'll try to describe it. So the themes are, if you have your Bible open, people who can't be satisfied, that'd be A, that's 5, 8 through 12, and 6, 7 through 9. So kind of the first passages and the last passages of the section. 
And then there's B, people who suffer because of greed. That's 5, 13 through 17, and 6, 1 through 6. Those two go together. In between all of them is to behold what is good, and that's God gives. God is the giver of many things. That's 5, 18 through 20. And so then what you kind of do is you take the ones that are coupled together, and they become the sermon point. Mm -hmm. So uh, sermon point number one, money, worship can't buy you satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Second point, money, worship is self-imposed destruction and brings God's judgment. And then the main idea, the main point that you really should take away is that God gives what money can't buy. All right. Very nice. It is. Uh, Well, let's have you read it, and then we'll just walk through your outline. Okay. All right. Uh, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5, beginning verse 8. If you see in a province the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter. For the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But this is gain for land in every way, a king committed to cultivated fields. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them, and whatever advantage has their owner but to see them with their eyes. Sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. There is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is a father of a son, but he has nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again, naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. This also is a grievous evil. Just as he came, so shall he go, and what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Moreover, all his days he eats in darkness and in much vexation and sickness and anger. Behold... What I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind, a man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet God does not give him power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity. It is a grievous evil. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's good things, and he also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. For it comes in vanity and goes in darkness, and in darkness its name is covered. Moreover, it has not seen the sun or known anything, yet it finds rest rather than he. Even though he should live, a th- should live a thousand years twice over, yet enjoy no good, do not all go to the one place. All the toil of a man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? And what does the poor man have who knows how to conduct himself before the living? 
Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of appetite. This also is vanity and striving after the wind. Long passage. Very long. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's walk through your outline. And uh, okay. So we've got these parallel points, and the first point is money worship can't buy you satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just five, like uh, it's just like Mick Jagger said. Yeah, can't, can't get, no, get no satisfaction. Can't get no satisfaction. I could only quote one song per sermon, though, and I already quoted one. Is that your yeah. is that your rule? Yeah. Okay. I quoted a country song. Yeah. Well, everybody's probably more familiar with the with that song though yeah. from Mick Jagger. So Ecclesiastes five ten. You said country music, and I just you just tuned out. Kind of glazed mm. over. I like, oh. Well, I should clarify: <laughs> modern country music, which is debatable if it even is country music. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Um, Ecclesiastes five ten through eleven and six seven contain in that coupled these coupled verses. Mm-hmm. It's about those who cannot be satisfied. So money worship can't buy you satisfaction. Let's talk about this um, this illustration that he opens with in verses eight and nine because okay. it's a little bit of a um, a difficult picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, to really grasp. So what what's going on here in these in these verses in 8 and 9? So it's about greed on um <clears throat> like societal level. He's going to talk about greed's effect on uh individuals that'll dominate most of the verses, but he begins it by how greed dominates uh, uh or its effect on uh, society yeah. as a whole. So economics um, and the, the kind of the illustration he gives here is you shouldn't be as surprised when you see oppression of the poor and a violation of justice and righteousness. Don't be amazed. Mm-hmm. Like You shouldn't be surprised. Uh, the only people that are surprised are people like the lady who wrote in who thinks everyone's born good. Uh-huh. <laughs> everyone's good. They just need to know that they're loved. Rainbow emoji. Yeah. You'll be surprised yeah. every time, you, but <laughs> if you have a biblical understanding, and this is kind of what this text does, it's reminding us of uh, the problem mm-hmm. with with society right. and economics is it's all driven by greed. So there are, don't be amazed at the matter because there's a high official, he's watched by a higher. So there's people at the bottom, they're experiencing uh, uh, oppression and injustice. There's a higher, there's a high official but there's someone watching him above him, a higher one. And above that person, there's an even higher one watching him. And above all of them is a king. So uh, verse 9 is a strange construction, I guess, in Hebrew. Uh, every commentary I read on it said the same thing, strange construction. But it's uh, rather than switching to a positive, like, hey, but uh, it's good for the land in every way, if the king is about cultivated fields, it's best to understand it in light of the verse that precedes it and then what comes after it about the dangers of greed. Mm-hmm. And so it means something like, even in um, a king, like a kingship, like in Israel, the king's main goal is to make sure the economy runs, right? So the fields have to be cultivated, they have to be profiting. Now, if that's occurring, he's probably not going to go to the end of the line and say, 
are you guys taking care of your workers down here? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's kind of how it goes up the layers. Like mm-hmm. this guy is worried about the guy above him. What yeah. does he need to make him happy? He needs to produce results. Mm-hmm. The guy above him wants results too. And above him, there's a king who wants results for the kingdom. Yeah. And so built into it is this, is greed. Yeah. And what's making everything dry, like continue on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is uh, what was warned... You could see this if you've ever if you've ever worked anywhere, right? <laughs> you know, um, I've worked retail, um, and you could see it. Mm-hmm. You're at the bottom, uh, you know, stocking shelves, and you've got a person above you. And they've got a person above them. And that person's got a person above them, and it just keeps going up, right? And uh, <laughs> as long as the store is making money. That's that's really the right the biggest issue. It's not right. it's not are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> it's are is the store making money? Yeah. I mean this this is in everything. I mean this mm-hmm. is even in like, you know, we've got uh Chick-fil-A which is makes apparently uh is part of Christianity now and it's not. I mean we have I've you know, we've got insider <laughs> look at it and you know all the, the details of There's there's the there's the three spheres that we see in scripture. There's the church right. that's been instituted by God. There's the governing authorities and then there's Chick-fil-A. Right. right. So, you know, um Angie used to to work there and she's worked there for a while and I've told you all the ins and outs. So, you know, I won't tell you everything, but I used to say to her I'd be like, "All right. So it seems to me like even legally there's been some injustice that has occurred here. Why don't you elevate that? And she'd say, mm, can't do that. And I'm not talking about like stuff she saw with other people, personal stuff for her. Why not? Well, one day I might want to own a Chick-fil-A and I don't want to be seen as someone who is uh, like throwing a wrench in the system. Mm. And she said, because as long as the store makes money, mm. Is, and is making money, right. they don't really care. <laughs> right. That's holy Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. The only time they'll come, like corporate, or they'll even start to look is if the store's not making money. Mm. So if it's making money, yeah. then, you know, it's not not an issue, really a big issue. You're just jading everybody, the Chick-fil-A, Jay, is that what you're doing? I'm just trying to help people to be realistic. I mean, it's a good illustration because we might would think, oh, well. I'm sure I'm, sh- I'm sure what you're saying here is going to help Angie. Is so- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone at Chick-fil-A gets a hold of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who knows? But it's a good illustration, I think, because we think, well, everything at Chick-fil-A would always be perfect. And we we might would think, well, Solomon's a king. Shouldn't everything be perfect in his kingdom? Right. But he's not. You know, he's not. He's not dumb. Yeah. He's not. But how much can he actually change without breaking the whole thing? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you should never be surprised. Right. And people throughout all history think, well, we can change this. Right. <laughs> Like, we'll be the one culture that's ever existed uh-huh. in the history of humanity that actually changes this this issue, this yeah, problem. right. He says, don't be surprised. Like, it can't be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is how we ended up with with, uh, with, Karl, with Karl Marx and uh, his, uh, what led to the worst, really, the worst uh, 
governmental and uh, economic strategy ever known to man. Yeah. His initial goal was to end like oppression it, because he sees that greed is driving the West. Mm-hmm. And he makes some valid observations, like I said. I mean, right. I, the, the, the illustration I brought out was Amazon today. Uh, their CEO makes uh, $6,474 to one is his pay to the average Amazon worker, which means in 20 minutes on day one, he makes more money than the average worker makes the entire year hmm. in 20 minutes. So there's this huge gap, and uh, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Yeah. It's always happened. He tries to, Marx tries to do something about it, but the system he creates is like a monster yeah. that he unleashes on the world, and it doesn't bring in this utopia. It actually creates, in the past hundred years, more death and human suffering than anything. Right. Well, you hear you hear things about you know Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and these guys that make just obscene obscene amounts of money, and people rail against them and um i'm sure there are some people that really are concerned with injustice but i think a lot of the the time the 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 reason why people complain about how much some of these guys make is because they're greedy mm-hmm. they they wish they were making that money right and I, I think if we examine our hearts a lot of times we're not so concerned about the injustice that we see in the world we see uh, we we have greed in our own hearts, and we we want to be the ones making the money. And if we made Jeff Bezos money, uh, we probably wouldn't be as concerned about the you know just the typical Amazon worker either. Um, right. mm-hmm. Let's let's be serious here. Um, but uh, we we hear a lot about you know the benefits of socialism. Mm-hmm. You know. A lot of people in the in the government are are pushing us. We're already in a socialist government. <laughs> yeah, to some as, degree. Yeah, yeah, in some degree. I mean, as soon as they started, uh, you know, printing money and sending out stimulus checks, mm-hmm. that's not capitalism. Um, well, when they build out under under Bush uh-huh, the automa- right. automotive uh-huh, industry, yeah, uh-huh, yep. you know, that's, yeah, that's not capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you know the it's it's being pushed more and more as if this is the this is the way right right this this is going to solve all of our problems and everyone's going to be taken care of and um and the it sounds good but the problem is us the pro- the, <laughs> the problem is the the people like the problem yeah. is the people you you've got you've got you know communism has failed in all of these countries. Right. Why? Because of the yeah. people, right? Yeah. And it's the people at the top who are oppressing the people at the bottom because don't for a second think that the people at the top are living on the same right. the same uh, means as, as everyone else. They're still amassing. They're greedy. They're greedy. Hungry for power. Right. Yeah. They'll roll over, literally, like, just roll over anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah kill anybody that gets in their way right that's what history shows us right yeah yeah so um it's nice to think that we could fix it but solomon's point is that this is this is part of the fallen world 
Right. Yeah, it's part of the fallen world. The, the only the only thing that will ever be like a good economic system mm-hmm. is Jesus reigning as King in a new heaven and a new earth. Right. Um, so you've got a with, you got a glorified with glorified people. You have a dictatorship, but the dictator is perfectly holy and good, uh-huh. and right. his people are made holy and good. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, now you could have what everyone's dreaming of, right? But you can't have it here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, right? Yep. So there is, um, he who loves money, verse ten, will mm-hmm. not be satisfied with money. Yeah. So now shifting shifts to the uh, individual, and also same theme in in six, uh, seven, through through nine. Um, I think we hear that and we maybe give lip service to believing it, but mm-hmm. in the real world, we're, we want to try it. We want to try it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Money won't satisfy you, right? but I still want to give it a shot, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think what can happen, I think what, if you just, you know, observe people that have become really rich um, or you observe movie stars that maybe were nothing like a waiter and then they hit it big or something you know and became incredibly famous and rich is that money can make you temporarily happy right and it make it last for a few years it could give you like man it's very exciting you can do things you've never done before mm-hmm. you could travel go to the places in the world you always want to see but what always happens like eventually that newness kind of wears off and they're just as unhappy as they were before but now they just have a lot of money <laughs> right and you pe- talked you talked about this um trying to remember what sermon it was but uh you were talking about um people that won the lottery mm-hmm. yeah i think that was from way back in the uh solomon's journey mm-hmm. yeah one of the points was on that on the wealth and what you uh, what you told me, I don't remember if you gave you brought it out in the sermon. You told me that they have a um, what a high rate of suicide, uh-huh. right? Yeah, they do. High rate of suicide um, because they get well, and it kind of comes to the the second point here. Mm-hmm. What happens to you when you finally get the thing that you thought would complete you? Right, and then you realize it didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, then you don't have anything. What do you go for now? Right. <laughs> like you you achieved it. You got the thing yeah. that you thought was missing in your heart, and then you're still as empty as you were before. Mm-hmm. Now you just become totally helpless, uh, hopeless, completely hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. So the parallel to uh, to verses 8 through 12 is, is chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. And there's... Uh, even as you were reading it, I, it that, that's a little bit of a difficult section. Mm-hmm. Like what he's saying is is a little difficult to uh, to understand. Right? Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. So seven, repeating the same thing: all toil of a man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. So that that he's is consuming. That, he's a consumer, right. but he can never he can never consume enough to right. satisfy uh-huh. right his heart. Um, then. 
verse eight kind of compares because uh, wisdom is something that always comes out mm-hmm. that wisdom could be an advantage yeah. or not an advantage, and so he says here, okay, well, what if I'm a wise person and I love money? Do I have an advantage over a fool who loves money? Mm. And his answer is no. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're a wise if you're wise or you're a fool. If this is the thing that's gripped you, then your wisdom's no advantage. Mm. It wouldn't matter if you were a fool. Yeah. Um, better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. So the sight of the eyes would be somebody who is just like living in the present moment. Mm. But this other person has a, an appetite that's wandering, and it, it's it, it can it gets insatiable. Okay. It's it's money. It's yeah. searching for to fill up his appetite. He can't do it. But there's the other person who kind of just lives day to day. That's the best I can do with it. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So uh, this this money, this when we worship it, it and become obsessed with it, we find that it it can never satisfy us. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, well let's uh, let's look at the the next um, the next point, which is uh, money worship is self imposed destruction and brings God's judgment, and this is chapter five verses thirteen through seventeen, and chapter six verses one through six. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So money worship. So you you uh, you ended the first point with saying that not only does money not satisfy, but it actually can be detrimental to our souls right right so yes. it's, it's not just that it's futility but it actually is a, a serious danger right a mortal danger uh-huh yeah Je- and jesus gives uh, that the parable of the per the like the barns uh-huh and uh, what's the official name uh the parable of foolish the foolish farmer or something well, yeah um yeah so you have this man who is uh his land produces plentifully and he doesn't even have a place to store his crops because he's made so much. And so, of course, he's going to be wealthy, agricultural society. So he's like, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tear down all my barns. I'll build bigger ones, and I'll store up all my wealth. And then he thinks then the he'll be— The rich fool. The rich fool, The yeah. rich fool, yeah. And he'll say, I say to myself, soul, you have you know, you're, you have laid up for yourself everything right. for many he's years. Talking you know, to himself. Eat, drink, and be merry. And, uh-huh. and Jesus says— um, God said to him, "You fool! This night your soul will be required of you." Mm-hmm. And and so he's his wealth. Right. All he's cared about is his wealth. He hasn't cared about God or laying up treasures in he- in heaven. Yeah. To be rich toward God, <clears throat> and so his soul his soul is in danger. He's endangered his own soul. And so money worship isn't ju- doesn't just like it's think about it as if you are adrift at sea. If you start drinking seawater, not only will it not satisfy your thirst, it'll actually speed up the process of your destruction. Mm. That's what that's what is going on here, and that's the second point. It doesn't just not satisfy you. It, it is actually self-imposed destruction and then brings on God's judgment. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. So let's let's talk about those those two things and um <clears throat> It seems like the they're they're divided mm-hmm. in the in the chiasm. Right. Is that is that, mm-hmm. what, is that right? Okay. So it's self imposed destruction would be seen in thirteen through seventeen. Right. So we've got another we've got another illustration. 
Right, right. He, what, lo- he loves giving these little these uh, little stories. Right. What links the two is the same theme is Solomon observing a grievous evil. Okay, that's the term he uses. Mm. I uh, I look. He said there is a grievous evil that I have seen under the sun. Same thing. He says he uses the same terminology in uh, the text that is coupled with it in uh, in six one through six. So a grievous evil is we we've talked about it before when we talk about um, the problem of evil. Evil when we hear that as Westerners, we're thinking like um, exorcist stuff, or we're thinking murder. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> that person did a moral wrong, a moral evil. But in Hebrew, the word has a different range, has a wide range, and many times it it, it means like something like a calamity. Right. Um, so one person translated it as tragedy, and I think that works really well with the way we think about things right now where we are in society. So Solomon observes a, instead of a grievous evil, think Solomon observes a sickening tragedy. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like, um, like something just terrible happens, and it just makes you sick to your stomach because it's just a catastrophic event. Mm-hmm. So greed, money worship, is self-imposed sickening tragedy. And, the, and this is the first, uh, the first kind of man. He says he observes a man who accumulates great, great wealth to his own hurt. So he's harming himself with it. Um, he gets his idol. He gets all the wealth, and then, but then something happens. He has a bad business venture, and he loses everything he has. He doesn't have anything to leave to his son. He has a son who, you know, and to not be able to leave him an inheritance is seen as, you know, really bad. Right. But he lost all his wealth. But the thing, he, the thing he didn't lose was his love of it. Mm. So he's lost his heart's greatest desire, like the greatest love that he has, which he had for a moment, is gone, okay. and it just destroys him. Yeah, which is what we see in verse seventeen, right? Right. All his days he eats in darkness and in much vexation and sickness and in anger. Mm. He's like he's like um, he's like. Should, should I do another uh, Tolkien reference? <laughs> he's like Gollum when he loses the ring. Uh, okay, it's All right. torment. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean, right? Yeah, okay. and that's what you see. I mean, it's a vivid picture. A man eating. It's not like he's eating in a dark. Like the sun goes down. That's when he eats. It's mm. that he he's in darkness. Right. His his entire world is mm-hmm. uh, collapsed. Yeah. His soul is eaten away at itself. Um. One of our uh, church members, he was like, "You got to talk about cryptocurrency." So, I'll oblige, and we'll talk. We can talk about cryptocurrency just for a second because did somebody lose a bunch of cryptocurrency? Well, it, it, well you remember when um, uh, you know Elon Musk he 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 tweets something, and the whole uh-huh. world the whole world is shaken by it. He tweeted something about uh, Dogecoin, Doge, Dogecoin. Doge what a couple of years ago? Uh-huh. You remember that? Yeah, and it just soared. Yeah, well, it came back down. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's pretty volatile. Yeah, and people make a lot of money, <laughs> but they also can lose a lot of money uh-huh. really quickly. Um, we see this well with uh, with as soon as the war in Ukraine started, mm-hmm. all the all the cryptocurrency just tanked. 
um, and it's it's still down. Mm. Even that ev- everything seems to respond to uh, to Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is is down. So you can imagine how much money people lost right with this. Um, but uh, but I've I've invested a little bit in cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. um, and I've lost some <laughs> some you money have, in cryptocurrency. Have you really? But you look at how uh, much would you have gained if you'd have sold it when it was high? Do you want to tell not, us? Not, not very much. I, I don't have a whole lot. I haven't invested a whole lot okay. in it. Not, uh, not enough to not, make you sick? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Only invest as much as you're willing to lose, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I use, a, I use an app, uh, an investment app, and they've got a comment section. And so constantly looking at the comment sections on these cryptocurrencies uh-huh. and people are just always it's it's just about to take off we're going to the moon we're going <laughs> to the <laughs> i mean every day it's the same it's, it, any any day any day now it's going to take off yeah. we're all we're all going to be in those lambos you yeah. know <laughs> but um you can you can lose it all yeah you can lose it all and and if you have a love of money you're going to be you're going to be these this person that yeah. is in vexation oh, yeah. and darkness and anger because the one thing that you want um it's out of your range gone yeah right? yeah jesus talks about he talks about money a lot and uh he says where your treasure is there your heart will be also it's always a this is a hard deal so um and then he talks about your eye being the lamp of the body, and he's still talking about greed. So if you are greedy, and that's what you live for, um, it makes your whole your whole body like dark. Mm. He compares it to if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does what it does to this man. Yeah. It totally consumes you. Right. I mean, there's a reason why Ebenezer Scrooge is so famous. Right. Because everybody has known someone like him. Yeah. Nobody likes him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like anybody. He's prickly. He has lost, um, he's lost the love of his life. Yep. Um, and he's in danger of losing his soul mm-hmm. if, he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't change. Yeah. yeah. Well, you gave another. You gave another Tolkien reference, which uh, oh, I like. Yeah. I like. Uh, yeah, I like this like one. That? Dragon sickness. Dragon sickness. Yeah. Um, you read the Hobbit and you see smog under the mountain, under the lonely mountain, and he is uh, just sitting on a big pile of gold. Yep. And uh, this is kind of a a common m- myth about dragons mm-hmm. is that they they love treasure. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, obviously not to spend it. They just right. Like, they just like sitting on it, just to have it. And uh, if you if you read the book or you watch the movie, you'll see how obsessed he is that he knows where every single piece of of treasure is. Right. And when he won't part with a single coin. Yeah. Right. And when Bilbo you know sneaks in and tries to take something, um, he almost dies. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh, it's not something that's just for the dragons. Um, it's something that affects other people. Mm-hmm. So when the dwarfs come out of the mountain, uh, Thorin, uh, the the leader, the the king, the king under the mountain, um, he gets infected with mm-hmm. dragon sickness also, and he's willing to go to war. Yeah, over treasure. Mm-hmm. And he says like the same 
phrases smog, that smog does about the treasure. Mm. That's a, and that's how you know he's got that dragon sickness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's an um, an old, uh, like you said, an old tale. Mm-hmm. Where did I have it in my notes? So I read that Tolkien got that idea from this uh, Nordic tale called the Volsunga Saga. Yeah, have you uh, heard about I it? I can I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's old old Nordic tale about how Odin tricks uh, a mighty warrior. I don't know how to say his name. It's like a Freith, Freithmar. These are your people, man. Freith, uh, if you can't pronounce it, I'm not going to be able to pronounce Freithmar. it. Freithmar. <laughs> and so this mighty man, so he's awesome, Viking, obviously. That's why Odin's blessed him with massive treasure. But Odin curses the treasure because Odin's a trickster. It's not just Loki. It's Odin. Right? He's a, he's cruel. He's like a cruel god. Mm-hmm. And so he has three sons, but one of them, Fafnir, uh, because that gold is cursed, he's infected by that curse, and he kills his brother, kills his father, because he wants all of it. One of his brothers escapes, and so he goes into this, uh, to where the gold is, and sits on it, and locks himself in there with it. But over time, he starts to like grow scales and a long neck, and he turns into a big dragon. Mm. <laughs> and then his brother that escaped told, um, told someone about it, Sigmund, I think, yeah, is his name, so this guy's the hero. He comes back and kills the dragon, but it's Fafnir. So this this treasure destroys this entire family. And that's apparently what I had read was that influenced, Tolkien knew about that. That kind of influenced his idea of dragon sickness. Yeah. Which you can kind of see that in Smog. Uh-huh. Right. But <clears throat> we see dragon sickness uh, all over our, our world, though, right? Oh, all yeah. over our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that this is people, the point. People who are willing to destroy their Dest- their lives, their life, so, their family. God, as I, I couldn't help as as you were talking about it um, to think about Tom Brady mm. and what's going on with him right, right now. He retired, yeah, and then he came out of retirement, mm-hmm. and there was some rumors that this is not what his wife wanted. And now he's playing mm-hmm. for the Buccaneers, but his his whole family is falling apart. Yeah, his marriage is falling apart, mm-hmm. and it it's, it seems that he's more in love with this, yeah, the sport with, with the sport than he is with uh, with what really matters. Yeah, um, and you see this with, I mean, you, you see this with celebrities all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they'll they 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 will do literally what Jesus says. That they'll forfeit, their they'll forfeit their soul mm-hmm. to gain the whole world. Right. It's because they have dragon dragon sickness. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's self destructive. Right. Right. When you when you love an idol and you pursue it, it's mm-hmm. not a neutral thing because you weren't designed you weren't designed for these things. Right. So it destroys you. Yeah. So it's not just self destructive, but you you pointed out that this also brings the judgment of God, and that's what we see in chapter six. Mm-hmm. Six, uh, one through six. One through six. Yeah, another yeah. sickening tragedy that he observes. Uh-huh. Um, he he observes that God gives a man wealth, uh, all, like his, all the wealth he ever wanted, but then God doesn't give him something. He withholds from him the ability to enjoy it, and then another will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says this is a sickening tra- tragedy. This is the way God often judges people, though, when they run after idols he'll just let them he'll let them eventually god will say okay you want it have at it yeah and the letting go of it of the person into it is the judgment of god Mm. because god knows what will happen they'll destroy themselves in it right 
Um, so God gives someone a massive amount of wealth, but he withholds from him the ability to actually enjoy it. Right. And it's very graphic, you know, even if he had hundreds of children, which is seen as a great blessing, mm-hmm. or if he could live many years, and then in verse 6 says, even if he could live 2,000 years. Right. Um, which I was thinking, you know, the, the oldest man in the Bible lived to be almost 1,000 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's the oldest person. So 2,000 years, that would be twice as long as the, the oldest person who's ever lived. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, what could you do with 2,000 years of a life? I mean, you could right. get insanely wealthy. Yeah. Right. Maybe even own the entire world for real. Like mm-hmm. Jesus warns, you know, mm-hmm. what is a profit of man to gain the whole world? Well, maybe you could gain the whole world. But if God withholds from you the ability to enjoy it, you'll be the most miserable man in the world. Right. You'll be completely miserable, right? And he gives that graphic, uh, that graphic comparison at mm-hmm. the end of verse three, right? Yeah, and it can be hard to read. I wanted to like try to no, state that ahead no, of time, good. right, for people to read about um, people that have had a miscarriage or a stillborn child. For the, these words, you know, it's not. I don't. It's not Solomon being insensitive, and it's not even Solomon anyway. It's God inspired this. God's not insensitive. Um, I think he's trying to really make the point um, as clearly and as strongly as possible how uh, bad it is to fall into the love of money mm-hmm. and money worship, that it would be better, it's better for a stillborn child mm. who's never been born than than you, yeah. even if you live 2,000 years, because the stillborn child never experiences life under the sun um, and when he dies, he he has rest. But that's the very thing that the person who loves money will never get. Yeah, they'll never get it as long as they live. Um, and that's a judgment of God. Mm. He's judged you by never giving you uh, rest and never giving you the enjoyment of your of your wealth. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's look at the the the, the main idea um, in this passage, which is found in verses uh, in chapter five, verses eighteen through twenty. This is the center of the chiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how the, this is the the danger? It, it money worship. It won't satisfy us. It actually brings destruction and God's judgment. So, what's the what's the answer? What's the solution? How, how do we? Uh, this this is something that all of us are going to face yeah uh, we're, we're all going to be in some way or the other we're going to be um, dealing with money so how do we avoid money worship so he 18 through 20 the kind of central person is really not you or anyone else it's god uh-huh. so god is the central figure here god is the giver and he gives a lot of different things here. One of the things he gives is God gives enjoyment. So the idea is that God gives what you can't buy with money. He's already told you in these very graphic ways, you can't buy enjoyment. You're not going to find satisfaction. Only God can give you what you're looking for in money. Mm-hmm. And it's found in the pursuit of God. God is the giver. So um, God gives enjoyment. God gives all the days of your life in this passage. Um, and so for us, instead of, you know, 
spending the few days that we have that God has given us running around in chasing, you know, vanity and emptiness, like chasing the wind, thinking we're going to catch it, we should instead understand what we're looking for, God's ready to just give it to you. You just have to change your perspective on the world and realize in the fallen world, nothing can satisfy you, but God can. So you wake up under the sun and you go, um, I'm ready to receive from God that which only he can give, enjoyment. That's really a very simple life lesson. Pursue God and find enjoyment. Yeah. And he lists like very common things. Work, um, that's your lot in life. God has given you a lot in life, so understanding the sovereignty of God, that you are, whether you're rich or poor, you're where you are because God has assigned you this lot in life. And then we're to enjoy. God has given you a life that you can enjoy, food, drink, and work the basic things of life, mm-hmm. and God makes them enjoyable. If we aren't pursuing these things for ultimate ends, but instead um, where we learn to be content in God, then the most common everyday things can give us great satisfaction mm-hmm. and joy. I, I think that it's important for us to understand this because I, I think that I, at least I was raised kind of um, not with a uh, an intentional Gnostic theology but we often have kind of that gnostic that gnosticism about the world mm. that the spirit is good but matter is evil right um, yeah. or or kind of the monastic idea mm-hmm. like we've we've been <clears throat> infiltrated with monastic thought that that we christians we need to remember that this world is not our home and so um divest yourself of these physical physical enjoyments um and just focus on mm-hmm. spiritual. And I, I think this brings a little bit of balance to that, that, that God made the world and he made it good. And so it's, it's okay for us to enjoy mm-hmm. food right, and to enjoy life. Like Jesus, came, Jesus came to give us joy, not to make us mopey all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just think about just like food and drink, mm. just the simple things that we, I mean, we do them every day. We have to eat to live. <laughs> right. Um, I think for me, difficult to learn a lesson, maybe anyone who served in the military, because you just, you just eat because you have to eat food and you eat real fast. Mm. So, I mean, slow down, put something in your mouth and just think about how good it tastes and think about that God, God made you like that on purpose. I mean, some things are so good, people like will make a noise after they put it in their mouth. <laughs> like, mmm, you know, like, oh. Um, if you ever had a little secret vanilla vanilla bean ice cream from Sam's. Okay. The best in the world. Really? Oh, yeah. If you can find it, they're always out, mm. but it's unreal. Um <laughs> Unreal, George. Vanilla bean ice cream It'll from make Sam's you, is the best. Is the best in the world. You put it in your mouth, and uh, all right, you will. <laughs> you will become a worshiper of God. That's that'd be like. Are you an atheist? Wait a second. Open your mouth. How shut, much are you getting paid shut, for this? Shut your eyes. Shut your eyes, atheist. I'm putting this in your mouth, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, left atheism, become a worshiper of God immediately. <laughs> Jay's apologetic. <laughs> yeah. And evangelistic methods are <laughs> they're, they're bizarre. 
<laughs> right. So, I mean, if, if, uh, think about it though, I mean, if we just evolved from nothing, all we would really need to know is if we put something in our mouth that it was, uh, gonna kill us or not. Uh huh. Like it was poisonous. <laughs> like, okay, I put it in my mouth. Mm, like, no, 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 that's poison. Anything else, like, uh, it's, get, it's gonna sustain my life. Yeah. That's really all that's necessary. Like the over, it's like so overdone, the ability to taste things. I mean, God gave that to us mm-hmm. for whatever, what other reason than he would want us to enjoy life. Yeah. We don't ever think about those things, though. Right. We take them for granted. Um, but that Solomon's kind of trying to get at that. Like, God's given you so much just in your life that to enjoy, they can be enjoyed if you view God as the giver of good things mm-hmm. and you stop trying to search it out and in the things themselves. Right. So... Right, I think it also is. Um, it, if you have a high view of God's sovereignty, you can enjoy life this way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what he says at the end of verse eighteen. This is his lot. This, right. This is this is what God has given to each of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if we are trust, if we're trusting in the sovereignty of God, we're trusting that that He gives us exactly what we need. Um, if we don't have something, it's not necessary for us to live live in an, uh, a life, uh, satisfied, full life, mm-hmm. um, because God gives us right. what we need, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that um, if we remember his, his sovereignty, if we remember his goodness, um, that he's the, the giver of all good things, all those things... Yeah, go into helping us to avoid this this money worship. Right. Yep. That's right. Exactly. And the this uh, enjoying being f- being fulfilled in God Himself, enjoying Him as the giver of like real contentment, real life, is most explicitly seen in Jesus and the way Jesus talks about Himself. Mm. Uh, he he often frames sinners as people that are thirsty, um, and instead of Going after seawater, Jesus says, "Here's there's some real fresh water. Mm. This water that I give to you will become like a well, springing up in you in eternal life." Also speaking of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. as the gift giver of the Holy Spirit, as He and the Father sends the Spirit. I mean, He He says it on the Temple Mount. He has a teaching on it. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And then the woman at the well, who's obviously doing this thing that that. You know that people do with money. She's doing it with men. Right. She's had all of these husbands, and now the person she has is not her husband. Mm. Um, that woman has an idol. She's seeking ultimate fulfillment in what a man can give her. Mm. And Jesus says he has something so much better. Yeah. That if she really knew who he was, she would ask him for a drink. And he said, "And I would give you this this living water, and you'll never be thirsty again." Um, so Jesus can satisfy the deepest longings of the human heart and give us real, real satisfaction, real contentment in life, not just for eternal life, like now, right. sa- satisfaction, contentment now. Right. Yeah. That's why Paul can say, I, I've learned how to be content in every situation because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he was dropping threes before Curry as well. Right? <laughs> That's what he meant? 
no one's even going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Curry, he has that verse on his shoes in the NBA. That's like his life yeah. motto. Uh-huh. Draining threes. Yeah. Now you're right. Yeah. Paul. <clears throat> Content in um, all circumstances. And uh, Roman, just look up a Roman prison. Not mm. a pretty place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. Well, I guess next week we'll be back in Hebrews. Yep. Back in Hebrews for four weeks. Okay. So I'll be interviewing you next time. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, a good conversation. Good, uh, good thoughts. I'm enjoying going through Ecclesiastes. I hope everyone else is uh, enjoying it and benefiting from it. Also, if you are, please make sure to like, subscribe, share, uh, get the word out. Um, hopefully, we can uh, we can be an encouragement to others, and and we can uh, help you to understand the scriptures better because it's in the scriptures that God conforms us more into the image of Christ. And so. Uh, hey, if you ever have any questions, uh, we love to, uh, to field questions and comments. Uh, make sure to put in a rainbow emoji if you're <laughs> going to do that, though. Uh, but if you write something crazy, we will talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, uh, we'll see you on uh, Free For All Friday. Um, have a good week, and we'll see you later. <laughs>